Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack with Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. We are all here to talk Star Wars in a still calm before the storm era. As I think big news will start dropping 
once celebration begins, and that's going to be an interesting time as we try to uh, break down that news with you while traveling and living our lives. It's going to be interesting, but I digress. Joseph, how are you? Good, good. I'm happy to be watching those storm clouds gathering of this. Uh, this is going to be... There aren't even enough weather descriptions. This is going to be a <laughs> lightning tsunami flood earthquake yeah. of news. And I love it because it's clearly they they, they waited. They, they probably were never going to release the trailer before, and now it's so close. And now I think my anticipation for it is is double. Yeah. That's smart. It's insane. I yeah. love it. Jen, how are you? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. The storm, I mean, it's... It's insane. I think that this is the most anticipated celebration ever. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's just going to be like hundreds of thousands of people there. Maybe not hundreds of thousands, but a I lot mean, of people. That's fair to say. If Comic-Con San Diego draws the 160, 140, 180 range over the years, depending on what you count, New York Comic-Con, I've heard around that number. This is five days. Chicago? Yeah. Five days. Yeah. That's going to be good. Yeah. Oof. And the fact that we just don't know Anything about episode nine is, I think, what's really front-loading it yes. so much. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. We're going to dive into that uh, in the news, catch up with a little bit more of our Star Wars adventures. But as always, I'd like to remind you, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your, for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have our Center recommends. All the times I read that, I don't know why from for your... I, I, my my mouth can't form the <laughs> F there, right there. Yeah. Um, form the F. 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 Attack by the Delta. Go now. All right. Star Wars Adventures, Life Adventures. Uh, I'll start. I was so excited at the comic shop this week. I bought uh, the General Grievous one shot, the Age of Republic. Uh, again, Jody Hauser, I think, doing some of the best Star Wars writing right now because it's a very minimalist, not a lot of dialogue, Grievous in himself. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, but on the shelf was the Obi Wan. One. Oh, I yeah. went, oh yeah, and I grabbed that and I got <laughs> home and realized I had already bought it last month. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, that's how much I love that series. Yeah, so, so I got gifted an Obi-Wan. You so that's very gifted, nice. That's got, very, very nice. Gifted an Obi-Wan. Uh, and uh, that's about it for my my adventures this week. Kind of a busy week. Uh, a lot of good stuff out there. We, I did meet, I uh, was at the, the live event for the Schmodown, the movie trivia Schmodown, uh, free for all. Uh, great event down at the Globe. A lot of fun. Met some uh, fans, but I always love in that sea of movie trivia fans when someone pulls me aside to say, hey, big Four Center fan. And, nice. and, and they're there. Uh, met one of our uh, uh, friends, uh, Grayson Rodriguez, out there. We had a good uh, conversation. We even, I even joked and said, Yo, you and I have gotten into it on Twitter. I don't get into it on Twitter a lot of people, <laughs> but we went after a Han Solo point. Um, and he was so nice and so gracious and, and uh, good to see people out there. Uh, we really appreciate it when, when you come up and say, hey, I'm on Team Four Center. We love that a lot. So good times. That was my adventures, Joseph. Yeah, uh, been reading Queen's Shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, enjoying it very much. Can't wait to get to dive into it and talk about it a little bit more, Jennifer. I know that you are always wrestling with time, but this yeah. is a, this is a pretty good one. This is fascinating. I'd be so interested in your perspective mm-hmm. on this book at some point. I saw it at the bookstore and I was like, oh, I'm gonna get it next week. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I will oh. get it. Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's I just finished it this weekend, so you're, I'm sure you're close. Yeah, to I'm like we're, 50 we're pages oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, away from finishing it. So soon, soon, it's just a very different Star Wars book, which makes it really, really it interesting. really is. Yeah. It really is different. Yeah, because at first I was like, well, harumph. It but it's like, no, I'm enjoying it. So, yeah. okay, great. It's we, different, but yeah, we'll talk about it more. We went through that same journey. That really sounded good. that sounds like a big critique, but there's not. Listeners, no, no, I don't no. have a big critique. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and then I'm uh, my other Star Wars many life adventures. My other Star Wars adventure is uh, trying to study up, trying to spend a half an hour a day for the old Star Wars oh, yeah. uh, movie trivia showdown happening at Celebration. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be uh, date and time. That's in the schedule uh, that you can look up. That I don't uh, yes, it, it is Friday. I want it it's Friday. Friday. 215 at the yes. fan stage. I just yes. saw the tweet. Yes. Yes, which I need to get tweeting out, but I kind of yeah. have this feeling that there'll be people there. Um, <laughs> there will be. But yeah, I have my I have my uh, little Yoda notebook of Star Wars facts and I just flip through it and stare at them because I'm a visual learner. Like yeah. sometimes when I can't remember who like an actor, if yeah. I can think of a font of a movie that they're in, then their name will come to me. Interesting. So I'm studying up staring at my own handwriting and that That's- will help me remember random things that come up. It's in there's, theory. There's in theory. There's a lot of things. Yeah. There's a lot of things, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't know how you guys do it. That's a really impressive. It's, <laughs> I mean, there's just so in such an insane volume of information. I, yeah. I know, and you guys already know so much. So the idea, I'm like, how do you fit more? <laughs> I think, I've been having Sarah uh, try to my wife to just like every once in a while we just ask me a random Star Wars question coming from nowhere uh-huh. because I think oh, that's yeah. the biggest hangup. Is uh, like I can. Try to be clever and memorize the details that I think will come up. And that has saved me a couple times where I have accurately mm. guessed an obscure fact and memorized mm. it. But it's because the writers come up with so many questions, sometimes it's just sort of like, why would I ever count the number <laughs> of times Han tapped his chin before he said this? Like, Oh, my God. So Sarah's really helping me with like, I don't know, uh, how many toes does Yoda have? Kind of like wow. just... Get your mind out of being set in your own box and yeah. just open it to what what all there is to know. It's so weird how, how you know, it knows. I think it's just a lot of it's upbringing. And I always say, like, uh, Joseph, you are really strong in, like, names of species and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I think one of the, and I'm not, one of the reasons is I think you played the card games more. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you I saw, look, probably grew up with that in your mind, like the, seeing uh, the them. The action figures, the, that Power yeah. of the Force action figure line, oh, yeah. I got really into, and that had all the information on yeah. the little, on the back about who, you know, was what species and all that. It's, it's fascinating. It, it, it's, someone, you know, should do a documentary on how you do Star Wars trivia, because <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, I'm so horrible with quotes people know, and that's just any movie. Other than, no joke, I joke, but Young Guns, Young Guns 2, but the only ones that I remember the quotes, but Game yeah. of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, I'll be like, you know what my favorite quote is? Uh, do or, or that thing you do. Like, what? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know why, Jen. I don't mm. know why. So don't feel bad. Yeah. You know all the Ewoks. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. We all know our, we all have our Star Wars strengths. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I didn't do anything Star Wars related this weekend. The only my big my big event of the year, I get two events, I get to see two movies usually a year, and one of them is always a Star Wars movie, and the other one this year was Jordan Peele's Us. Oh yeah, yeah. And I am not a horror movie person. Neither, I am yeah. terrified and I and I actually after I saw the movie I could not sleep. Oh, wow. <laughs> I genuinely oh, really? could not sleep. I was so scared. Ah. Uh, so, uh, but it's probably because I was reading so many think pieces afterwards. Uh, that's not a good idea. Uh, anyways, but it was a fantastic think film. Pieces. Highly recommend it. Excellent. And what's really cool is, is that he, uh, Jordan Peele, the director, created a whole mythology mm. around these uh, creepy characters. Awesome. And it reminded me of, of George Lucas and mm. how I'm like, oh, maybe someday we'll get to learn 
the history and the mythology of these characters. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that's really awesome to never know since, like, you know, back in 1977, this is the one movie we'll see. Right. You yeah. never know. And he's Jordan Peele's keeping it keeping it open, so we'll see. He is on fire these days. Yeah. yeah it's great. Awesome. And it was an experience, like the, commu- the community, kind yeah. of communal experience of going to the movies opening weekend. And it very much reminded me of Star Wars. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you awesome. know enthusiastic fans it's always fun it's always fun that's good yeah i don't yeah you get two movies a year i, I give myself like two a year one, <laughs> one story. i gotta get out more <laughs> point is i gotta get out 27 more. a year yeah. i mean <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah you're good you're good you're good you're good and uh, just we do want to give an update or at least uh talk some more about our four center celebration special which is going to be happening live thursday night april 11th in at lulu brewery in chicago we're sold out. Yeah, we're, we're sold, sold out. out. It's great. Still. Yeah, so if any anybody uh, sells their tickets back uh, to our ticketing site, Brown Paper Tickets, we will let people know and open that up. Uh, we got a nice Twitter question about whether we're going to have any other meetups besides mm-hmm. this show, and the answer is... We don't know, yeah. uh, because we'll talk about in the news. The schedule just came out. Uh, we've got events we have to do right. and be at, uh, like like the trivia showdown. So Ken and I need to put our heads together and talk about that and see if that will happen. But uh, thank right. you for tweeting, and thank you uh, for that interest. We also do have some plans to have a kind of a structured meet and greet yeah. at the show, at the live show, at the celebrity special, and we'll... Get yeah. you some details about that, uh, both here on the show and on the old social media very soon. Absolutely. Uh, we hear your cries. Some of you didn't get a chance to get the tickets. Uh, cries, I should say, please. Not like you're crying, like you're pleading. <laughs> um, and it, look, frankly, it's a nice problem to have. We, we sold out this uh, very intimate venue. Um, but we uh, we hear you, like Joseph said. We're going to work on that. It's a very, very busy time in and in a, in a fun way. We'll be there for five yeah. days, four days, five days. Um, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned. We're ho- so happy to celebrate Star Wars with all of you in Chicago. All right, Jen, we got some news. Speaking of celebration. That's right. It is less than a month away, and we finally got the full panel schedule. There, I mean, again, I think that this is the biggest celebration that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. More panels than, than you can imagine. But here are some of my uh, personal favorites and the highlights. Obviously, Episode 9, the big panel, is going to be on Friday. There's a Galaxy's Edge panel happening on Saturday, which they'll reveal more details about that. Maybe they'll reveal mm. their reservation system. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hope so. Um, oh, and one fun fact uh, to note is that Warwick Davis will be the main host for the celebration stage, which I believe is like the big main stage okay so he's kind of going to be the the mc and there's going to be a dj two djs to get the crowd pumped before the show yeah because nobody will be very excited (laughs) usually they have can you can you have a one spin some like really mellow music to calm us down down. bring it down a notch temper expectation (laughs) there's that one guy i think oh my gosh what is his name because i talked to him i ran into him like in the street getting uh uh, coffee at, at the last celebration in Orlando. I was like, hey, man, you're so-. his name's Mike. And he's like, a, I think it's Mike. And he's a comedian, does a lot of the warm ups. I oh. hope he's there with those DJs. He is so good. It is so hard to get the attention of thousands of fans while they're yeah. waiting. And uh, he's so good. So I hope he's part of that too. And, and Warwick's going to hold down the fort. Love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So there's also a celebration of women and Star Wars panel that's going to be hosted by Ashley Eckstein. Kat Tabor will be there. Uh, Vanessa Marshall and uh, writer Amy, Amy, I always call her Amy Geek, Amy Ratcliffe will be there. <laughs> uh, there's the Mandalorian panel, which will be happening on Sunday with John Favreau and who knows who else might yeah. make an appearance. Uh, there's the Clone Wars 
Wars sneak peek panel, which is happening with Dave Filoni, uh, and a Star Wars Rebels Remembered panel. <laughs> this also happening with, did you guys see that? Was that fake where somebody tweeted like the description? It was like, there will be no new show announcements at this panel. No, I think that was I think that real. was official. That I, was think real? I think that was really trying to cut off the speculation. Oh yeah. my because gosh. because that, that everybody was like that last last panel like this the cl- looking back at the clone wars was the announcement of the new one and I think they really wanted to say there's really not going to be. There's really not going to be. Yeah. Okay, well that's that's clear. And then the, the <laughs> <laughs> asterisk podcasts stop talking about it. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. So yeah, there's the podcast stage of course with yeah, all those yeah. bands and if the final panel which will be the big one is the Phantom Menace 20th anniversary panel which will be happening on Monday this is just mm-hmm. some of the panels there's a whole bunch of like I, oh there's an ILM panel with uh, featuring um, some of the people that worked on Solo a Star yeah. Wars story oh, there's yeah, a yeah. creatures panel There, I mean it's like something for everyone this yeah. year that's a lot I mean it I think we had a question a little bit later. I don't want to talk, but people always ask, well, how do you approach these panels? We'll talk about that later. But it's just, there's so much. You just got to focus in on what you want and what you can realistically get to as well. Don't yeah. feel bad. Don't feel like you have to get everything. Right. What you yeah. can get to, like, uh, based on your own schedule and right. physically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What rooms can you get your, your body into? I'm intrigued also by the closing ceremony. Oh, if right. that is a going to be any sort if there's any possibility of the closing ceremony having a Columbo moment of oh one more thing oh. <laughs> not to trap people in a crime uh, to catch people being guilty but <laughs> sorry that's a great that's a great rap. <laughs> uh, there's obviously this is going to be more than enough news because we're going to get all the episode right. 9 stuff to chew on we're going to get I think a Mandalorian trailer I think a new Clone Wars trailer yeah. more than enough plus all sorts of toys all sorts of books I, but I'm so curious if they're going to be just like, oh, and by the way, no information, but yeah, we're going to confirm one more Disney Plus show mm. for a year and a half from now. Wow. Or, or if it really is like, Star Wars is great, bye, <laughs> for the closing ceremony. They'll probably like announce when the next celebration will be or where it's going to be. You, you're it, right. It's like the That's Olympics. That's what they normally do. Yeah. yeah you're right. The Olympics. We will convene in four years' time at Lillehammer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so much stuff. Uh, oh, so one big thing that came out was that Hayden Christensen, the chosen one, will be at Celebration this year. You can meet him at the Tops Autograph area. I think that they're already accepting reservations now, so if you want to meet him, sign up. And I'm guessing, I mean, he's going to be at the Phantom Menace panel. <laughs> well, he, Phantom Menace? He wasn't in Phantom Menace, so... Oh my gosh, yeah. you're right! So yeah. that's a, that is a really interesting question. But how could he not be there? Yeah. He is the, uh, yeah. one of the stars of the prequels. That would be yeah. so great if they had Hayden Christensen come to the Phantom Menace panel and read some of Jake Lloyd's lines. <laughs> I, I guess that's kind of the elephant in the room that I was thinking about when I saw Hayden Christensen. I was like, yeah. it's such a shame, you know, with, with, Jake. with Jake Lloyd. Yeah, that he, that he can't be there. I, yeah. yeah. I, I th- yeah, unless it's announced, I wouldn't. I don't think there's going to be a surprise guess. So unless it's announced, which we still have time, we still have time. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I, I don't think Liam's going to be there, and no. I don't think Natalie Portman's going to be there. No, but we'll see. We know Ahmed Best will be there. Yeah, um, Hugh Corshi, all of those. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Panaka in the house. Panaka in the house. <laughs> well, Especially after reading Queen Shadow, yeah. it's interesting. I think Hayden Christensen yeah. should be there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really hope that he is on some panel. Something. You know? He's yeah. got to be in the right. area. Yeah. And I, I have to say that is my one disappointment with the whole schedule being announced. I think there there aren't that many one-on-ones. And there are a few at the last there one. There are there's, not. There's the one with Alan Tudyk. That's 
Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but okay. I would love a one-on-one with Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would th- yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Tongue tied. <laughs> Just because as his as it seems there's definitely been this swell of uh, you know ground groundswell of support for him over the years that mm-hmm. wasn't there before and yeah. it's I think the next generation of fans from that era go no that was my Darth Vader and that yeah. was this and that was my crush and that was this. so I'd love to hear his thoughts on that yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah maybe next next well, time I know where he gets his smoothies a lot in Toluca Lake we'll just go oh really <laughs> Ooh, tell, <laughs> our friend, tell me our friend Mark Ellis has run into him many times oh, getting oh, these smoothies oh, and oh I'm like gosh. we should just wait with some microphones and I, I love his wife too Rachel Bilson so yes. I want to I want to run into them now there is a new panel reservation process it caused a little bit of drama amongst fans online and I to be honest I am a little confused myself uh, so there's there's going to be something called Lightspeed which I believe is an app that you will download. There's two things, actually. It's light speed and light speed lane virtual queuing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> basically the idea behind this is that there's not going to be any more camping out. So if mm-hmm. you thought you were going to get pizza from J.J. Abrams at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. camping out for the episode 9 yeah. panel, it's not happening. You still might, but it'd be a very different <laughs> scenario <laughs> somehow. A little weird. Yeah. <laughs> JJ's just going to have to go room to room. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, the the idea is with light speed that you're going to be able to. Is it the? I think it's like a lottery system. Yeah, is I think how it works. That's one of the big bones of contention for all the morning panels on the celebration stage, mm-hmm. and then from there you may get a seat or you may not. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to be able to shop at like the celebration store, there's going to be light speed lane virtual queuing where you can make a reservation to mm-hmm. shop or mm-hmm. a reservation to get exclusives or I think even a reservation to stand technically in line. Mm. Yeah. I'm mm. so confused by this system. Will you guys be actually using this? I read the yeah. entire thing from yeah. top to bottom, and for and I get the big picture idea. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's one of those things like it will only make in, entire sense when I have it on my phone right. and see how it works. I, I mean, I think I understand all of the the pros and cons, and have read people's opinions uh, about it. I think this is one of those things of that. This is where the general convention market is going mm-hmm. and i think this is a yeah. specific to this uh literal convention space mm. i, I want to think that the convention space maybe the city of chicago said we we don't want people outside or you know lining up even inside the convention space yeah. so you, you need to this is the time for read pop to try yeah. something like this right if it works if we get used to it as a uh as a culture as nerds mm. it will it would be nice to free up time to be social yeah you know yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've heard some whispers that was uh, a little agency called the Chicago Police Department. No. Yeah. I, that doesn't surprise you, me at all. You, you've been around the convention circuit a lot, Joseph. You know that the, 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 the thrill of waiting in line is part of the fun, but it creates it creates issues. Yeah. <laughs> it creates issues, I think. I don't, I don't have that on authority of fact. That's just something I, I, I've heard whispered. And, and it makes sense. And I think you're, and I think San Diego Comic-Con... Remember, the badge system has changed, and right. New York Comic Con adopted the, the chips first and everything. Yeah. It's just uh, the new modern age, and yeah. it did cause a hubbub. It did. It was, I saw a lot of people fighting over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, I understand the, like, if, you, if you're a line person and that's always been your experience and you feel like, yeah. if I give up my time, I will for sure get in. Now it's a lottery. I understand that. There, I, I think a lot of the perspectives are understandable, but I think yeah. this is one of those times you can... Turn to Star Wars for inspiration of, like, you can't stop the change. Just listen to Shmi. Just listen. <laughs> you can't stop the change. They just have a hologram Shmi just play over it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All I know is they better have good Wi-Fi. 
at the convention you center. You know, I have to say, this <laughs> oh, is like, uh, I, I, I read the whole thing and I can't remember. I understand the lottery to be in the main room, but then they have the two large satellite rooms. Right. And like for myself, I don't need to be in the main room to be cool. Right. I just need to see the trailer. Exactly. Yeah. And I just don't want to get to that point of like, actually physically being at the convention makes it harder <laughs> to see the trailer than if you're at home <laughs> that starts to sting Couch yeah. Condo. yeah and look as someone who's been in inside and in the overflow rooms the energy isn't different it really is yeah different. i just want to see the yeah. trailer you know yeah right. yeah so there, there's that part of me of like well if you can't get into the overflow rooms mm-hmm. and the wi-fi is terrible <laughs> it's just sort of like i'm fly like home 50 <laughs> feet from where this is being announced and i can't yeah. make it happen i can't yeah. you know oh my yeah gosh yeah, yeah. couchcon like, has its benefits couchcon has its benefits welcome to my world yeah general leading the force center couchcon uh, special, <laughs> that's right that's right um uh, so the last bit of oh no no there's two more things oops uh okay so uh, there was um we obviously know that Galaxy's Edge is opening very, very soon. So in order to get us really excited, there's a lot of novels and sticker books and who knows what else, including Delilah S. Dawson's novel, Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire. So StarWars.com released a cover and gave a little bit more insight into what the story is going to be about. And basically, I guess I didn't know this, but the story is uh, centers around V. Marathi, who you both are familiar with. Yeah, yeah, I guess that this was going to be about her. So yeah. I'm happy that that is yeah, the you truth. Did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the general idea is that she gets to Black Spire and she begins to gather a colorful band of outcasts and misfits and embarks on a mission to spark the fire of resistance on Batu before the First Order snuffs it out entirely. Uh, the cover looks very exciting. This is not a, a YA novel like some of the other novels that will be mm. coming out. Um, what did you guys think? I'm so excited about this for 800 different reasons. I really like this character, and I think it's going to give this chance for this character to grow. I'm g- glad that they put her on the cover so people can really make a physical relationship, like a visual relationship uh, with the character. I love that the cover is really pulpy yes it is like in kind of like old adventure book like mm-hmm. you would find yeah. like in an old used bookstore of like what's this fantasy story right um but i think the big thing is that it really sounds like it is post the last jedi right uh and it's not being advertised at this point as a journey to whatever episode nine is called <laughs> uh but i'm really i'm really excited to see how much they're gonna play with uh the canon there mm. I love an author like Delilah Dawson getting to go back to a character she brought into the galaxy. Yeah, uh, v being in the in the in the Phasma novel, like you, you said, Jen, and and uh, that's great because it, it it reminds me of even though Jonathan Jackson Miller created Ray Sloan, but when they got to go back to that character several times, but also bring in his characters like Sinjir and everything, and get to build on them. Yeah. over three novels in his own series, so this is not directly connected. But uh, uh, Delilah did such a great job with Phasma, which was a different Star Wars book. Yeah, um, really different. And and uh, V was one of the one of the highlights of it for sure so and the cover does look great mm-hmm. i think that's that guy venomous see him on instagram follow him on instagram oh, cool. he, i think he's doing that a lot of the covers now cool and, uh, and she got a she got a hair change i believe too she oh, got a different she hairstyle did? yeah oh she has okay a blue streak now right yeah. all right time has passed, time has passed. <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited it's the last bit of news you know always look to john favreau's instagram if you want the latest in star wars news he always delivers and the question that I, everyone's asking, or, or perhaps is even answering, is Taika Waititi voicing a bounty hunter for the Mandalorian series? 
I'm guessing yes, because this photo that John Favreau posted was of Taika in the VO booth uh, with an image of IG88 on the monitor in front of him, and he's talking into a microphone. So I think that he's voicing <laughs> IG88. He's just yelling at IG88. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's pretty obvious. And then, of course, there's, uh, as somebody pointed out, there's the Iron Mandalorian helmet that's mm-hmm. resting on the microphone stand, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it made me kind of wonder. I was like, well, how big? I, I don't think that IG-88's character is going to be that big mm-hmm. of a part of the Mandalorian. But it's it's fun that I guess Taika may have a, a little cameo. Yeah, maybe right. more than a cameo. We'll see. Maybe we'll more. See. Yeah. Do you think? I, yeah, I think he's probably voicing IG-88. I don't think Favreau's like this. I think there's the smallest possibility it is a misdirect. Oh, you mm. think? Yeah, because oh, it could be. You're I right. think when, when voice artists uh, record a lot, they're they're being shown what what they're going to see. So it could be that he is playing a character who is being faced by IG-88. You're mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm trying to, this is one of those blanking moments. Uh, IG-88, I know in the Forces of Destiny episode, he shows up, he doesn't, does he communicate with a voice or is it mm. beeps and bops and boops? I he, cannot remember. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I, I just, don't remember oh. a, a distinctive voice. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be interesting. If, if it is, if it is him. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tanky has already talked about uh, for the, the episodes mm-hmm. he's directing, sort of modulating his sense of humor to still be funny, but make it fit right. in the world of Star Wars. Right. And everybody like looks at that and goes, that's amazing because I love Korg. And like, right. I, I'm really interested in that because IG-88 is one of those old school bounty hunters where yeah. I think like a lot of people of our generation, like it's fine if he's a little tongue in cheek. Right. But you want him to be a badass. Right. I, I know what you mean. Not cracking jokes like. Korg. Yeah. So hey, there's Korg. a there's a lot in there that I'm really curious about to see like is Favreau going to be sort of true to his right I I assume the, he grew up playing with IG88 and wants him to be a badass on screen. He <laughs> he sat in his dorm room yeah. playing Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, you yeah. know. He <laughs> so I'm curious to see if it is what kind of a take it is on IG88 if uh, if Taiki Watiti is, is, is voicing him. This is the voice that Favreau imagined as a kid. It's like, <laughs> hey everybody. Um like it'd be like Bosk, whose voice has been a, you know definitely established in, in the Clone Wars yeah. and uh I, I, if it was Bosk, I would say, oh, he could have a little more room for some of that core yeah. humor, which is great. That it, Ragnarok's funny, and and but yes, I I think we all have that. That's that weird Star Wars fan thing of like, well, what are you gonna do with the legacy of IG88? <laughs> but I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite thing of it, uh, just looking at it, and again, we're seeing it through an Instagram filter in a dark uh, recording room. But that shot. Looks very Rogue One, New Hope-ish type yeah. of, uh, yeah. even though it's a little, I know a little bit later in the era, um, it got, it looks like a Star Wars, uh, a Star Wars, as we always joke. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We shall see. So that is the news for this week. That is the news. That is the news. Before we dive into our main topic, which, by the way, is battles in Star Wars, those uh, little wars that we like uh, in this space opera, we want to recommend an audio book for you to try out on uh, speaking of wars, Joseph, we got this one. We are recommending Rebel Rising by Beth Revis, uh, just because, damn it, we like it a lot, and we haven't mentioned it in a while, so give it a listen. Absolutely. Check it out. Download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook, and it is it is still one of my favorite of the new canon Star Wars books. I toss my notes aside loudly. Um, <laughs> so with that, we are going to dive into our main topic, Joseph. It is the big battles. 
As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Star Wars. That is right. It is called Star Wars. So we should talk about some of them battles that happen in wars. Uh, so I did a little research to get ready uh, for this discussion. So I want to start with an overview. So I'll kind of mm-hmm. know what we're talking about. Great. Here are the big battles that we see in the movies. You got your Battle of Naboo, your Battle of Geonosis, your Battle of Coruscant. Uh, there are, of course, many battles in the Clone Wars that we see little bits and pieces of in Revenge of the Sith. Then we have the Battle of Scarif, the Battle of Yavin, the Battle of Hoth, the Battle of Endor. Now, this is fascinating when you mm. research it uh, on what Star Wars opinions are. 
Uh, I believe Wikipedia does not list it as the Battle of Takodana, but the Battle on Takodana. Mm. Okay. So I was curious to see like if people thought the scale of that was the same mm. to call right. it the Battle of. Or is it more of a skirmish on <laughs> yeah. Takodana? Yeah. But it's there because it's, it's a big there. action scene in the movies, uh, the Battle of Starkiller Base. Uh, same kind of story for the beginning of The Last Jedi uh, that w- was described in Wikipedia as the Siege of Dakar. Okay. Because a, a cool big action scene for Poe, but yeah, it's definitely a skirmish. It's not yeah. a full-on battle. Mm. And then the Battle of Crait. So those mm. are the big ones on screen, and then of course there are all those battles that we hear about or see in other media. Uh, just reference things like Battle of Tanab, Battle of Chiron Belt, and then of course we get to see in Rebels the Battle of Adalon, the Battle of Lothal. Uh, in various media, we hear about the Battle of Jakku or see it or play yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. Battlefront True, and then uh, in the Clone Wars animated series, we have many, many different big battles, like yeah. the Second Battle of Geonosis, and right? On and on and on. Um, yeah. Also, at the beginning, just want to shout out, because I think it might be on some fans' minds, there is this book called On the Front Lines by Daniel Wallace that came out a little bit back mm. that dives into these battles and tries to kind of create the real, from a true military perspective, mm. right. what actually happened in these battles. Uh, so I wanted to give a, I have not read that book, I but I want to give a shout out to it, because I know as we discuss this, really? probably people are like, if they've read that book, they're probably like, here's some great thoughts from that book. So I uh, wanted to throw that out there. Totally interested in checking that out. That sounds great. Uh, so I wanted to frame it a little bit. So yeah. with that, let's launch into some questions, some thoughts, some discussion. How important are the battles to you in a series called Star Wars? <laughs> 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 not Star, talk about our feelings, not Star oh, Mysteries of the Force. Uh, star uh, Wars. Star business. Uh, yeah. Jenna, I want to start with you. How, uh, how important are they to you? When you oh. look at this list, are you like, those are all my favorites? Or are you just like... Oh gosh, for me, I guess it's called Star Lore. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, what? I like the wars, but I like them in the films in terms of like the tension, the conflict, the, the fact that they raise the stakes. It feels, you know, exciting in the moment. But then I'm always like, all right, let, let's get back to let's get back to the internal conflict. Let's get back to the lightsaber battles. That to me is what I always have gravitated towards. But I enjoy them. Yeah. I, if you ask me, like strategy and, and tactics. My eyes glaze over. I have watched these films hundreds of times, and I still have the time. Don't even know like what is really going on. I'm just like I don't know. Uh, there's some great looking adats there. So <laughs> that, look at the gams on those adats. So I'm just putting that out there right now, you guys. I'm I'm, I'm coming from a different perspective. Yeah. I would argue that you are coming from the perspective of the way the films are made. Mm-hmm. Because I think it is, I think there's definitely... <laughs> From George's point of view? Well, I mean, we'll get into this. I think there are different levels of these battles that that try to make the, the strategy clear. Mm. And sometimes it's like, ships are fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now let's go over here to the, the quiet story. Right. And then it leaves room for us as fans to discuss, debate, like what the actual military strategy is. Mm. But I think it is much more about, look at this cool stuff happening. Look at this cool ship. Right. For me. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I love them. I mean, that's probably no secret, but it's like I, I try to analyze why and where that began. And I, as, as Jim was talking, I was like, what? I grew up in the 80s. It's this, you know, I grew up with G.I. Joe, Transformers, Robotech, and, and, and you're sold. I mean, G.I. Joe is not just a toy commercial. It's a military recruitment toy line almost you know mm. it's like i grew up with that i'm the kid with my friends would go up in the my friend had an acre a couple acres 
we go play army. You know, it's like I just was obs- that I grew up in that kind of atmosphere, I guess. Um, didn't go into the military myself, but my, my dad and my uncle were. So I think I just I was always drawn to that. I was always interested in the action and the fun. But as I got older, it's it's the little moments. And then you there's a weird, you know, with George, there is this weird, you know, clearly he's not. I wouldn't call him pro-war, so he's trying to tell some stories in that, especially the Battle of Endor. But as a kid, there's no – I'm not picking up on the anti-Vietnam stuff in that. <laughs> I'm just like at-ats and at-sits and ATSDs and, 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 and Ewoks winning. Like, So I was drawn into the big action. I don't know where it comes from, but I definitely prefer yeah. the war. Mm. Were you paying attention to them as just thrilling scenes or like, yeah. like, like Jen was saying, or were you trying to, as even as a kid, was your interest in the army, military, were you trying to pick apart? What is the rebel strategy on Hoth? Or did you not have that? I did not have that. It was it was probably the cool action sequences. Yeah. You know, you're drawn in by that. Drawn in by the toys. It's uh, you know, joke. I, I I love the Empire not because I believe with the Empire. They have cooler toys. They really <laughs> do. And, and Cobra and GI Joe. I have I collected Cobra, not GI Joe. They're mm. a terrorist organization, and I have I have all the Cobra stuff. They were just cooler toys to kids. So that drew me in. Are, are there layers there that I eventually do appreciate and, and early on appreciated? Yeah, but. I have to admit, it was like cool. The walkers, it's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, you know. I think yeah. I think like yeah. the walkers jump to a lot of people's minds because it just works on almost like this uh, metaphor level that you don't have to pick apart intellectually. It's just mm-hmm. like this large, horrible thing stomping toward you. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like yeah, it's almost more just instinctual. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, I think I really like the battles because they give a sense of the stakes. Of like when you see, you know, how many people are fighting so desperately that this is really matters and that it kind of can't be avoided. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, it also give a sense of scale because like the original trilogy in particular is really focused on what's going on with our, our main characters. Mm-hmm. And in some ways the war happens in the background to their, you know, because it's not like we spend a lot of time with Leia scenes where Leia's planning Hoth. Right. Mm-hmm. It is about her in Han's relationship. It is about, you know, Luke, you know, in the battles in a way happen in the background. So I, I like that they, they pull us back and remind us that these intimate characters that we like are stuck in these huge conflicts. Mm. I think, I think that's one of the big things about empire. Yeah. I think you're hundred percent right. The battle of Hoth we'll talk about, but like, yeah, it's what's, it's what's going on over there. While yeah. we try to figure out this and Luke's learning. Yeah. The I think truth you're right. of the characters. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what are your favorites, uh, from the big screen and why? Mm. Ooh, so many wonderful yeah. choices. Yeah. There's actually so yeah. many great choices. Uh, the Battle of Hoth, I-, I love, partially because I played it so much on Sh- Shadows of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, And I feel like I played it again. Where did I play it? I played it in Battlefront. Battlefront, yeah. It's in just about every Star Wars video <laughs> you game. Go back I to have it. tried to figure out so many different mechanics for <laughs> making the uh, the harpoon guns work. And oh, yep. yeah. How you fly around the damn at it. Yeah, I mean, you can go back to the Atari with some, yeah. uh, oh you gosh. know, basically blocks on a screen. It's Rogue a, Squad. Yeah, yeah. On and on. Yeah, that's a favorite. Um, obviously, the Battle of Endor, for me, uh, is one of my favorites. For what it meant to me as a kid, seeing the teddy bears triumph over the bad guys. Yeah. And then, all, obviously, now, understanding what George was trying, the message that he was trying to convey on the Vietnam War and... and, and uh, how the Viet Cong would be like like the Ewoks and <laughs> <laughs> essentially and how they used guerrilla warfare and and um, yeah so that to me is 
it, it seems like a simplistic, you know, eh, it's just that it's just the teddy bears against against the troopers. But yeah. there's actually a lot more meat to that that I yeah. appreciate. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of the the hubris of evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, do you like do you obviously you gravitate toward the Ewoks? Yeah. Do you gravitate towards that as a space battle as well? Just like the scale of it, the stakes of it? Or is it really is it more about? the victory of the Ewoks that speaks to you. Uh, it's, it's probably a lot of his nostalgia, you know, and because it's so familiar, I, you know, a battle I really enjoy, which I'm trying to even think of how the battle really goes down, but the battle of crate, because the battle ended up being a lot more different yeah. than I thought it was going to be. And it almost ends in a, in an internal internal battle i mean you know what i mean it is i mean it's really interesting because a lot of these we we get to see the scope of the war but then we zoom into the lightsaber fight or we zoom into the personal moment and the personal stakes and battle of crate is almost taking that storytelling and making it literally what happens yes (laughs) within the world where Mm -hmm. it looks like there's going to be a big battle ski speeders realize we got (laughs) nothing (laughs) the falcon takes out a few tie fighters and then it is literally kylo fighting against his own fear alone (laughs) in between two armies basically that's why i enjoyed it i was like this is totally different than i expected (laughs) i mean i love yeah i do love the battle of created visually it's just visually stunning yeah yeah um for me battle of hoth it is it is this the standard bearer which i judge all other star wars battles against um, because of it's an intimate uh, battle in a way, it's up close and personal. Mm. Battle of Yavin's great, and it's it might, might be underrated over the time because it's just it's the first you know. But you're you're in space and you spend time with Luke, and I think Biggs a little bit. But I, you know, you, you, we know these names now. But I think I got the sense of the Empire marching, literally striking yeah. back, and I, I love that one. But I love Battle of Endor. I love it all over the place. Uh, I love that's my favorite lightsaber fight. Mm. Uh, it's part of it. I would call it part of it, even though it's. No one knew it. No one really knew yeah, it's, it's going on. Of it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think definitely a lot of these, like Battle yeah. of Naboo. You know, Queen Shadow does mention how how Qui Gon fell in the Battle of Naboo. Yeah, you know, it's a multi front thing. They do mention it a lot, actually. Yeah, uh, Battle of Scarif, I love because that one is. It's just so realistic and a lot. Of, it's it's more you know real, and we use that term gritty. But it it it, it felt like oh, they really got uh, you know war footage, newsreel footage, and put it to Star Wars finally, and I like that a lot. And I, I, an underrated one for me is Battle of Geonosis, yeah. the first one. I think uh, we are generally on the same page, maybe uh, flipped in, in order. Yeah. Uh, Yavin really came to mind. I think it, it is maybe underrated because we are so used to it. Yeah. But when you really break down, I mean, there's all, obviously all the stories about how, you know, Lucas cut it together with actual, you know, old movies and stuff like that. Right. But it is so character focused it's Mm -hmm. so focused on what the stakes are of the movie what have the various characters learned throughout Mm -hmm. the movie um and you can track the action like i said the stakes of i one of our two sides are gonna just be obliterated right you know and you luke the the hinge of luke being i mean I, i think we get so used to it that it's a little bit overestimated like imagine you are luke yeah you are this nobody nobody back on the ground trusts you and you've got their lives in your hand and everybody is like use the computer computers are better than people and then an effing wizard whispers in your mind and no one else can hear it that you've only heard turn off before yeah turn off your iphone and just trust yourself i mean that's yeah 
powerful and everything in the movie builds that everything in the battle builds that. So, mm-hmm. and it's focused yeah, yeah, and we don't get as many of the, many of those battles in, in the future. And it's a literal ticking clock. It's, as yeah. you see it it's on a, we, we actually see it on the screen an actual ticking <laughs> clock. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. No, battle of Yavin. It's just sometimes when it's the first you look past yeah, it. Cause it's the one that just kind of sets this, the yeah. tone, the standard. Um, yeah. Uh, Scarif is huge for me yeah. uh, because it is the first thing where we, uh, I think we really see all of the, um, the motivations are laid out really clearly right. of what all of the different people are trying to do and why. So you can appreciate that it's not just running around blaster fire. It's like these troopers are desperately trying mm-hmm. on the Imperial side to figure out what's going on. But yeah. we've got all of the tactics of we're creating these, distraction explosions. We're trying to connect this so we can get this message out. We're yeah. trying to get through this shield gate by this time. Like oh, I loved all that besides just being shot beautifully. And then I think Geonosis is underrated because it was the first time yeah. Luke has gotten to really having fun of shooting ground war stuff. Like yeah. it's a ground war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some beautiful shots in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hauntingly beautiful. Hauntingly beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so which ones do you feel tell the most complete story is a battle? Because there are some definitely in here, uh, I would say, in particular, like the Battle of Coruscant. It's kind of running in the background. The, yeah. That's not the story. We get to yeah. see some cool maneuvers, but we are with Obi-Wan and Anakin mm-hmm. the whole time. And as soon as they move away from the battle onto the Invisible Hand, we don't cut back to yeah. the Battle of Coruscant. It's, you know, it, yeah. and I think, you know, you can debate which ones are the focus. Um, but which ones do you feel like you could just watch the battle and you see a beginning and a middle and an end and a story is told in the battle. That's a great question. Mm. Jen, I need your wise insight. Well, uh, as I stall for time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the one that I actually do watch just sometimes randomly is the battle of Hoth. I don't Mm. know if that makes it the most complete or if it's just the most enjoyable, like fist pumping moments uh, and visually exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm wondering now, because I haven't watched Rogue One in a long time, with the Battle of Scarif, would you say that that feels like it's a pretty complete story, no? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it almost, to me, sometimes feels like, uh, and I mean this in a positive way, a different movie. That's exactly, Mm -hmm. yes, exactly. Or its own, its own really its own thing within the movie. Exactly, right, right. Uh, But I don't necessarily, I think because of how the movie ends, I don't necessarily want to watch the Battle of Scarif. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's a a little too real for me. Uh, so that's why I fall into the battle of, <laughs> um, you, just, you just want to watch the empire get, get their, get their butts kicked and sent on the way. Exactly. From a nice, uh, distance. yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, which one, and I don't know if this is hard because it's not a mm. complete battle, but with, mm. is it the dreadnought bomber battle at the beginning of the last Jedi? Is that yeah. the siege yeah. of the car? Yeah. yeah. To me, that one feels complete because of what happens to Poe. We don't see any action in that that is not a story beat. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's different is sometimes you can see these like there's just some fun shots of some stuff blown up and some people kind of shooting at each other. Right. right. But like I would say like the the uh, Battle of Starkiller Base is like you can track some of the action, but it's it's X-Wings and TIE Fighters blowing each other up. Right. Uh, yeah. But there's nothing in there that doesn't have a specific like the dreadnought is getting ready to fire again. The bombers are arriving. Poe is making a decision. He's got right. a tactic for the way he's blowing things up and why. You know, there's nothing in there that isn't narrative. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right, and it's and it's it's just got it, it, within it these little little mini stories that go on within it. And Siege of the Car, I, I really do love it. I love just watching that sometimes because uh, it's got these hero moments. But then the lesson is 
dead heroes, no leaders, you know, all that right. kind of yes. stuff. It's, it's pretty powerful. Uh, but for me, I, battle of look, battle of Endor is its own movie in a way, like to that point, uh, or actually maybe Jabba's palace is his own movie. <laughs> uh, battle of Endor might be the most, but I, I would say battle of scare for me. It's got a lot of what you described Joseph, just some cool things happening in the background, but that's part of what makes me buy my ticket. But I love, I just remember, I remember when K2SO died, I thought, Oh, they're doing this. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of that battle, uh, the favorite little moment is Bodie Rook's death because he he it he's dying, he's sacrificing his life for the big cause, and no one will remember that. Mm. It is this little moment and that look on his face is to me is this realization of this is what it all meant for me. I did my part, but this is where it comes to. And so there was an co- emotional core to that battle that I was like, okay. Right. And it is just the, the kind of he's not in the middle of a battle. It's just yeah. that you know, explosive just rolls in, rolls right? In. And that's what, that's what are you gonna do? Yep. Yeah. And he's celebrating. He did, you know, because he's like, I did it. Like I connected yeah. the radio like I'm supposed to. I'm a hero. This is what happened. So I, I think if I'm to sit down and watch a battle over and over, it would be Battle of Scarif. Yeah, wow. I, yeah, I, it, it, yeah. It's hard storytelling, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I think it, Endor. There's something really compelling about Endor because mm-hmm. they, you definitely do have some some ships are swooping around and blowing each other up. But I feel like the stakes are so well mm-hmm. established, and in the, the way the scenes intercut, you know, we we know the challenge of the sh- trying to get the shield down versus. Right. You know, are these ships just caught in a trap and how that escalates the tension for Luke? Um, And that just, I think it's really well done with the, what is it, Ardell Cinefid? Oh, Arvel Crinid. Arvel Crinid. I got, I got, is canon. Most most of the vowels, but not the consonants. (laughs) That was a legend's name that is definitely canon now, too. And it's Uh, a weird one. But yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, the. Lando, I think, really commanding that centers you. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Of you know, let's turn around and engage the Star Destroyers. You know, and I and I close. I still think what's going on in space in the Battle of Endor is kind of that standard bear because even Lucas changed Battle of Yavin. You know, even he had to go back and be like, this wasn't didn't look how I wanted it to look yeah. in 1976, 75, 76. When we we're making it in Van Nuys, essentially. So I, I look at Jedi, and I still to this day. Last Jedi, Force Awakens, Battlestar Killers. I go back to Battle of Endor. Does it make me feel like that felt in space? Yeah, mm. I think that that shot, that almost kind of profile shot of the fleet, as you see how huge it is, and the yeah. Falcon is weaving through it. Oh, like that yeah. always gets my my yeah. blood racing. Mm-hmm. Like this is a large scale, and it's set up so well. Like this is our last ditch effort, and it's a trap. It you is know? a trap. Yeah, so just being able to walk, yeah. walk through all those beats, I think, is pretty great. Um, we're feeling the excitement of yeah, war and Star Wars. Let's get some action figures, friends. <laughs> um, do you prefer, in general, these... Uh, I think we've kind of already answered this question. Yeah. There's the battle with focus of, like, Yavin and Hoth. Like, Hoth, we kind of don't... Mm-hmm. There's not another, There's not a separate ground battle we cut away right. to. There's not a lightsaber fight. So you right. got, like, your Yavins and your Hoth, and you have your things like your Battle of Endor or Battle of Naboo, mm-hmm. which is cutting to... Uh, 17 <laughs> different yeah. fronts. Um, do you prefer one or the other? I mean, I I think I like it. I like when the, the narrative is a focus. Um, I'll, I'll maybe try to count this as my one Game of Thrones reference. My, my still favorite, most favorite battle in Game of Thrones is the Battle of Blackwater Bay, which is season two where the budget's a lot lower, mm-hmm. but it built, they build to it so well. And in that you learn all these things and it is the narrative in that battle. I, I just still think that's where I'd, 
not not you, not that you don't in the other big battles, but some of them, you know, they are so large scale epic battles now. But I still go back to that little tiny intimate battle of Blackwater Bay. So I think that uh, might be why Hoth has such more meaning for me than even some of the other ones, even even over Battle of Scarif, which has a ton of meaning for me now. Yeah. So narrative, narrative. What do I learn from the characters? In yeah. That moment. Yeah. yeah. There's a tension that doesn't get uh, dissipated when you stay with it. Um, and we will keep talking mm. about Star Wars, but but uh, since I've been watching Game of Thrones, yeah, like, right. To compare like Blackwater Bay, that's just that. Yeah. Uh, versus uh, something like the Wildling attack. Mm. Yeah, yeah. On where I was, I on this rewatch, there were some scenes where like, okay, well, we cut over to this part of the action. Like, really? Yeah. Those twenty five uh, Nights Watch people are still sword fighting. Right. They've oh. been sword fighting. <laughs> Full out <laughs> for like a half an hour. Like, come on. There's your a ca- arms aren't tired. I do the count when they. It's not just uh, Starkiller Base is an example. There's like twelve X wings or something that go. I forget the exact yeah. count. Oh boy, I'm glad I'm not competing in <laughs> trivia. All right, I sometimes do a count and go. I think I think too many died in the battle over what they said they had, and yeah. and that happens with the Night's Watch. There's like fifty of them. I see 79 fighting. Yeah. Um, but, and that comes from when you, 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 you know, aren't to me, aren't as focused on the narrative, just the big. Yeah. Which is like battle. when the battle is over, you know, many different fronts. So you're cutting yes. way, you're cutting back and forth. And then the, the action is kind of suspended yeah. longer than it would be. Exactly. Yeah. And not that that's not awesome. And I don't get enjoyment out yeah. of it, but yeah, that's, uh, yeah. So uh, how do you feel about this one, Jennifer? You mean, and you gravitate toward Endor, which jumps back and forth a lot. It and does. I think pretty successfully. Yeah. And I guess it depends on, it depends on what the stakes are. It depends on if it's just going to be, let's just do some cool stuff. Some X wings, you know, firing that, that to me is like, yeah, that's all right. But mm-hmm. I, I, the thing about Endor is that there are stakes. All of our heroes are in the fight. And that is what I'm hoping that we'll see in, in episode nine. If mm-hmm. we are going to have a battle, yeah. I want it to be every, all, all hands on deck yeah. for that. You know what I mean? I think that we're going to have at least one, mm-hmm. at maybe least one. two, like yeah. truly big battle battles. Which, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, we could talk about this forever, but uh, we, we sadly don't have forever. So I'm going to jump around a little bit from our, mm-hmm. our questions. I want to talk a little bit about both the character and military perspective. So mm-hmm. which moments in battles do you feel like you learned the most about a character or a leader by their actions in battles? What moments jump out to you where like, you know, I learned X about this character because of a choice they made in battle. Right. Uh, well, I'll start with the one I talk about probably too much, but I love Admiratus going, hell, we're fighting. I'm leaving. I'm not asking any position, mm-hmm. any, any permission. And yeah. I'm heading into battle. That shows a lot of be a lot, a lot in the battle of Scarif. Um, I, I, I love Leia on Hoth making decisions to stick around. I'm a leader. I'm going down with the ship. Yeah. That's a good one for me. Uh, Paige Tico. And I'll wrap mm. up my list and take my answer, <laughs> take my answers off air. Uh, I love that that I love that sequence too. Those are, I mean, yeah. a lot of those are strategic, and we're going to talk about that yeah. too. But okay. I'm really talking about where did you learn about a character's triumph or a failure that a character made, right, right, in a in a battle, not necessarily about emotionally that is mm-hmm. just reflected in the battle, reflected in the battle. I'm looking at Wicket <laughs> right about now, <laughs> sticking through, <laughs> sticking through things. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll throw one yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, I this is it's a subtle one in a way, but it's really important. I love that little moment in Hoth where uh, Dak wants to take a moment to repair something, mm. and Luke is impatient right. and gets Dak killed mm. because right. it when it it 
the story mm-hmm. doesn't linger on it anyway, but it's right. so important to understanding where Luke is in Empire and where he has to go and grow. Right. Because he's impatient. Impatient. Um, another example for me where you just kind of see who a character is, is uh, Mace in the Battle of Geonosis. When it's, he just decides out of everything that's going on, I'm going to kill Jango Fett. Mm-hmm. Not even I'm going <laughs> to capture him. Because like, you kind of had him when you chopped his arm off, but you took his head yeah. and then stopped to glare at his head after you cut it off. Like there's no, like there's no ambiguity about who Mace yeah. is the way he goes after Django. Right. Right or wrong, whatever morality, but you learn I, I'm putting this guy down now. <laughs> I love those. I love those. Yeah. Jen? Jennifer, yeah. do you have thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, we talked about it is, is Poe Dameron in the siege of Dakar. For me, I learned so much about, about him because I was on board with his choice. I'm like, yeah, go for it. Make the sacrifices. And then when Leia's like, uh-uh, no, no, that's just, you are demoted, essentially. That to me was like, oh, gosh, all right. I, I learned something about myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, his, and his kind of like impulse, impulsivity and, and uh, stubbornness. And stuff yeah, like yeah. You know? Which then leads to his thing with Holdo and and that whole dynamic. Yeah, it, it motivates everything. It motivates everything. Yeah, and um, then yeah, and then in Crate, it's Poe, Finn, and Rose. It's the you know mm-hmm. the finale of all of their emotional arcs, all mm-hmm. of their choices in in the battle on Crate. That's right. Right. Yeah. So obviously, I don't uh, I don't have much perspective on the military perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. I, I'll never forget Carrie Fisher. She would rattle off the, the, her lines from, uh, Hoth, you know, when mm-hmm. she's delivering the lines to, to the, to the guys. And, uh, She's like, I had no idea what I was saying. <laughs> I had no idea. And it's true. Like, I've listened to that, that speech so many times that I'm still like, wow, what is, what's going on? Oh, about the ion pulse on Hoth? Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can't see my hand. I'm like, oh. Uh, enough like of math. that. It's like enough math for that. me. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah, I do, I do want to talk about, not necessarily military, like mm-hmm. you have to be like, I'm a four-star general to understand that they're doing a wedge maneuver. Like, right, right. And not a wedge Antilles mover. Uh, <laughs> I just mean, like, you can see characters choices so uh-huh. i'm curious right. about not not character defining choices uh, this is moving on to the next question mm-hmm. of, of military choices and I'll, I'll give my examples okay like uh i love everything about radis and radis begins when he slaps his uh his fin down and his says fin, I'm, yeah. I'm going but in the battle i love when he just sees like here's the problem we need to get the shield gate down mm-hmm. it, this other is other resources aren't working what resources do we have oh we got those hammerhead corvettes Thanks, Rebels. Right. Uh, show. <laughs> uh, how can we deploy them? Yeah, yeah. So you see him just make a cool tactical choice that's, that suggests this wealth of military knowledge for right. space fights in Star Wars, but you can just understand. Right. Uh, and then my other example would be Chewie going, I'm getting ATSD. Yeah. Because that, oh, that, yeah, yeah. that's like, it's great that the Ewoks are doing their guerrilla warfare, but that's eventually mm-hmm. the Empire is going to take. They've right. been surprised, but eventually they're going to regroup and they have blasters and they're going to murder these Jesus. bears mm-hmm. unless I take this to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, one, well, I was, I, this might actually go back to Lando. <laughs> let's not forget. Let's not forget. Akbar was like, we got to get out of here. We got yes. it's a trap. We got to retreat. And I love that Lando's like, no, we got to give Han more time. Yeah. I know Han. And that's 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 not necessarily strategic that is a lot of hope and faith it's both character and tra- strategic but let's yeah. stick around han though you tied into the chewy one it, it's it's an obvious what i love that han's like 
no, I got an idea and let's get up. Let me put on uh, Richard Marquand's helmet or, or uh, uh, the other producer up there. And, yeah. uh, and, and I got an idea and trick. I still think, uh, I think I was t- joked about a spotlight Star Wars recently, but that is the, or maybe Star Wars rank. Uh, that Imperial officer is like, send two squads to help is the guy that screwed the empire. <laughs> like, he doesn't open that door. That's what's so great about the Battle of Endor. You, you can pick all these pivotal moments yeah, yeah. of like, yeah, well, Luke might have taken out uh, the Emperor Invader, but if Chewie hadn't got that ATSD, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. who knows what happened. Right. Uh, exactly. So for that kind of thing, Jen, not like great military knowledge, but just like a cool move, a cool yeah. decision. Yeah. Is there anything, uh, <laughs> is it Wicket hitting himself in the head with the rock? <laughs> yeah. Is the, yeah, right. The Chewie, mo- the Chewie moment's great. Uh, the tow cable. Like, well, no, uh-huh. I think that's, yeah. that's, that's where know, mine that was a- going next too. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's, okay. that's resourceful. And yeah. it's di- a difficult maneuver to do if you're trying to do that on a video game. Let me tell you yeah. guys. Yes. Uh, it's really, tr- it's really tricky. Yeah. I always would, uh, hit, you know, my ship would crash into the ad at every single no, it's, time. It's adapt and overcome. It's adapt and overcome. Uh, I remember that moment more it, from the audio books where you turn the page when R2 chimes. Oh, yeah. Because it really, the sound effect, and I think it paired it with like Luke saying, the armor's too strong for blasters. And yeah. you could hear the sound effect of the blasters just kind of going uh, into nothing. Yeah. So it's like, we got to take them down some other way. I think that's mm-hmm. a great, great yeah, answer. That's great. <laughs> yeah. um, we could talk a lot about this, but I just want to take mm-hmm. the temperature of the room. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think especially as we're talking through this, I'm reminded that in many of these battles, the intent and the motivation, like what's being defended, what's being attacked, what's the counter move, it's always, it's clear. Mm-hmm. But like there are fun articles online picking apart, like does the rebel strategy make any sense right. in the Battle of Hoth? Would you ever want to see on screen um, a large scale battle that that was a little bit more true to like troop movement? flanking like really seeing those details like scarif it's kind of on that one-to-one level of like mm-hmm. yes we know their objective and it's it's troops running around but like yeah. a large-scale ground force battle where you really know the military perspective i i would because i go to some of those shots in uh, the battle of geonosis and tactic clones where they go back to pago the lesser and duku and they've got that field and they've, they've got, got the that graphics room. coming yeah. in i i would like to see a little bit more of that sometimes it it, it it disrupts disrupts the flow of the movie because this is you know it's not all about the battles but yeah I would like to see a little bit more of that well I mean in yeah I mean unless you you know I imagine it like in a version of the old Republic story where mm. you know we know the Jedi general we know the Sith general and like mm. what of their flaws are going to come out in the choices that they make over that war room table like you yeah. you can make a drama out of it. There's a little bit of that, little moments in some of the the battles we've seen in either the Clone Wars or Rebels when they'd won there where they do the re the, the closing of the Clone Wars, so to speak. There's a little bit where the droids got some strategy. Even yeah. the, the, the Clone Wars movie on on Christophsis. Oh, you yeah. You see a little bit, like a little bit of what you're saying, where you can see the commanders making decisions. In Absolutely. The whole Pongrel arc is all about Pongrel mm, making yeah, yeah. purposely bad or, decisions, all sorts mm. of stuff like that. Jennifer, I, uh, you have said clearly that this is not your area of expertise or maybe interest, but would you be intrigued by that if you felt like I'm really engaged by 
the military decisions that are being made. I think like if it was a, a big battle, the, my palate is not so refined yet where I would be able to appreciate it. <laughs> but if it was something more like a, like a SEAL Team 6, you know, where they're going in and they have a mission and they have mm. all these special things, but it's like a smaller group that would make it easier for me to follow like their mm. tactics, yeah. that I could really get behind. Okay. That to me would be really fascinating. But the other stuff, yeah, I would just be like, oh, it looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think, I I think one should never apologize for just thinking no. it looks cool. I think that's half of Star Wars. That really is. I mean, half is maybe a little generous, but it's a lot of Star Wars. It's a lot of it. Uh, yeah. well, I love that idea. If it could be with a clone team, like if some six yeah. guys from the 501st. I'm interested. Scar Squadron in the comics right now, which is Stormtroopers, and it's kind of super comic booky and weird. One Stormtrooper's like seven feet eight and all that kind of stuff, but... I like I like those little things. Yeah, you know, focusing on the little team. Yeah, that'd be really cool. So uh, as we head towards a wrap yeah. up of this battles conversation, what do you want to see on the big screen that we haven't really seen in a battle? Mm. <laughs> I thought we were going to get this in Last Jedi. We got this. We did get. We did get this, but not to the degree I wanted. I am a huge fan of the movie Memphis Belle. So from my youth, I always wanted a Star Wars bombing sequence. So when I saw mm. that we got the Cobalt Hammer and a, and, and, the, and what is it, the M100s or whatever they are, I, uh, I yeah. was like, oh, we're getting what I always, I'm talking. Star Fortress. I was like 14 years old, like, oh, I'd like a Star Wars movie with a protracted long bombing sequence. <laughs> I kind of got that a little bit. I still kind of want that. I love, I'm fa- I just, uh, Memphis Belle is one of my favorite military World War II movies and it just, I don't know why, but uh, so I haven't got 100% what I want yet. Yeah. I don't think Interesting. I will. I don't think Interesting. I will. Uh, Jennifer, do you want me to, yeah, to share ahead. my thoughts? Okay. <laughs> uh, who knows what we'll get in episode nine. I, I do think we'll get a big battle because it's, yeah. it's the big conflict and also it's something that JJ hasn't got to do yet. So True. why wouldn't it interest him? I would love, maybe this is the old Republic, I would love to see uh, Jedi or Sith or Force users um, deployed really in a really tactical way. Mm-hmm. I love just the image that's in the Clone Wars so much of the, the Jedi generals leading the charge, blocking some bolts and mm-hmm. maybe throwing some things. But I, I want, I want to see Jedi like approach a, you know, Hey, this is, this has high ground. This has yeah. a ravine. There's a river there. We've got three Jedi and 2000 troops. Where do we place the oh, uh, yeah. Jedi in the back for defense? One on the, one in the front <laughs> for <laughs> offense, you know, uh, you know, in a, like maybe a surprise one buried somewhere or, or, yeah, yeah. or a sneak one that just a Jedi goes around. And so you're like flanked by, on one side by the actual army and then just like one Jedi coming up behind you that you don't like. I just really want to yeah. see that or like Jedi clearly like maybe three Jedi working together to like they're being guarded yeah. by troopers. But and they're just using the force. Yeah, mm. they're, they're not blocking lightsabers or flipping around, but there's just one like. Supremely guarded Jedi flipping the other side's tanks. Tactical Jedi. Ta- I, well, yeah, <laughs> tactical Jedi stuff is just so fascinating to me. I love that. Yeah, I'd be good with that. I'm definitely good with that. Yeah. The, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what I want to see. I just want to feel excitement. I want it to like take my breath away, which is what, what the Endor sequence does for me, where it's just like, Oh my gosh, I, I know our heroes have to triumph, right? They have mm-hmm. to triumph, but it still is such an, a thrilling ride. You know what I want to see? I want to see me. I want to see me in a Star Wars <laughs> battle. That's what I want. I want to be in an X-Wing. All right. Like Tally Lintra. All right. Well, yeah. that, that's an excellent segue to the, the final question of this, oh, the, the right. segments. If you had to be in one of these battles, 
Which would you choose? Oh, oh yeah. I want to live. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that becomes, yeah. that, that was my mental exercise. So then that becomes an interesting thought of like, well, which one of these battles do you have the best chance of living through? Wow, that's a go. You know, because ooh, it's not looking good on either one of them. <laughs> no, it's not. Unless you unless you think, I guess, unless you want to take the side of the empire, uh, yeah. that I'd like to be riding in a walker with veers. Oh it'd yeah, seem generally safe. But then the moment one of the tow cables worked on my friend next to me, I'd be like, oh boy, oh no, we got a problem. Because uh, everyone, uh, you know, the rebels by nature uh, seem overwhelmed in every battle. Oh, uh, I might have to go to Endor if I if I if I'm choosing to be on the rebels, I'll go to Endor. That was my answer yeah. as well, because it feels like there's the most uh, safety. Yeah. That you hide behind a tree and take some pot shots, uh, see where the mur- most murder bears are <laughs> yeah. gathered. and I mean, hide behind the murder bears. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> on on uh, Battlefront 2, I try, when I'm on Endor, I do try to run up to the huts, as, uh, uh, to the Ewok huts oh, as much as oh, I can. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, and every time I've done that, I've been brutally murdered <laughs> yeah. by somebody who's already there. So oh, I wouldn't yeah. do that. Yeah. I wouldn't oh, do that. No, that was my strategy. Yeah. I just want to kind well, of you get do have to be careful. far away from the battle. Yeah. Just yeah. Throw some shots, throw some rocks at some troopers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. There you go. Okay, well, we're all cowering on Endor. <laughs> Listeners, where where will you cower? Or maybe you'll be brave. Uh, yeah. We don't know. Which uh, which galactic battle would you like to be in? Yeah. Uh, let us know. Uh, this is, when when I, when I thought about having this topic, I was like, hmm, I wonder, wonder what all we'll talk about. And there's so much to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll revisit this because I think it's a really fascinating conversation. Especially if we get one more big battle. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Then we'll have to we review. I think we will. Thank you, uh, Joseph, for bringing, uh, bringing us through that one. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, we'll tell you where to reach out at the end of the show to uh, share us, uh, share your thoughts with us about battles in Star Wars. Right now we're going to take some audience questions as we like to do. This one, uh, first one is from Tony. All right, here we go. Tony Porreri? How do you say Por? I think of like Poirot, but that's not right. <laughs> it's Poirot? It's a Poirot sounds good. It's a four-center tradition here. P-O-I-R-I-E-R. I don't know why that's messing me up. I got that suck. <laughs> that P and Z confuses people. But Tony P is here. And Tony asks, uh, do you think the second Death Star was ever supposed to be completely built? If it really was a trap, then it makes sense that a work-in-progress Death Star is perfect bait to the Rebellion, and all they really need is a super laser and what it takes to operate it. That is a great observation. Can't say I've really taken a deep dive into that before, Jen. Yeah, what, what me neither. Di- no. Go into the mind of Palpatine. I don't know. It just reminds me of that tiny Death Star game I used to play <laughs> and how difficult. You know, there's a lot of things going on in the Death Star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, think of the mm. game. Uh, Joseph, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think I think he wants to build it for real. It's only been you know a couple of years. I don't think his initial motivations have changed. I think he wants the Death Star to truly dominate the galaxy through fear. Because when you when you think about it, if the rebellion is crushed, he doesn't want to have any government. He just wants everybody to do exactly what he says. And if you have this constant looming threat of, mm. we don't care. We blew up Alderaan. We blew up yeah. an old and revered world. We will just wipe everything you have ever known out of mm-hmm. existence, and we won't care. Is a kind of control through fear that I think is the whole point of the Death Star. Um, and this is just a little thing that's kind of randomly thrown out there in, I believe, the Tarkin novelization. But to me, it's like one of the big pieces of Star Wars canon that I think about is Palpatine's goal, it says, is that well, we get the entire, this galaxy all mm-hmm. under wraps with the Death Star, lock it down. Uh, and then I have more time to wonder about what's over there in the unknown regions and Vader and I have more time to 
go into the uh, bowels of the Jedi mm-hmm. Temple and the old Sith uh, artifacts under there and do weird, creepy Sith meditation <laughs> to unlock immortality and all sorts of like. I feel fun. like I feel like this is like he's got a to do list and yeah. control this galaxy with the fear of a Death Star is like the first box, and he's got this horrible, endless list of unspeakable Sith truths yeah. and powers that he wants to unlock with Vader. <laughs> I love that. That no, um I look I think it's a little column A, little column B situation, Tony, because I, I look he definitely set up the trap, but he wants to make sure it's operational. I think I think he's very thrilled to say yeah. that. Um <laughs> but I I don't I think this is already in progress. I think it's the hubris of him too where he's like, oh they got the first one. We're already building the second one. It's the plans are in motion. It's gonna be bigger. Don't worry. They're not going to take it down. And I think he just doesn't care doesn't think the rebels can do that so i think he still wants it but he had fun going just make sure the cannon is ready (laughs) cannon first cannon first yeah fully armed and operational uh all right alec larson asks um what will be the most talked about thing coming out of celebration episode nine clone wars new movie new show let's look ahead to star wars celebration uh jen you're gonna be on couch con yes on the comfort of your own home watching this i know we're gonna miss you and i know you wish you could be there but you're gonna have a good vantage point what are you expecting to see i think that the most talked about is going to be episode nine but then i think the mandalorian is going to surprise people. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody online who edits Star Wars trailers mm-hmm. um, talking about that this is going to be long remembered. The Mandalorian <laughs> panel will be mm-hmm. long remembered. Mm-hmm. So that got me thinking, ooh, ooh, people are not, people are they're kind of sleeping on that show right now. They're mm-hmm. all about episode nine in the title, but just wait. Mm-hmm. That's Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get ready. Uh, ready. Yeah, I fully agree with Jennifer. I think the way they have this planned of episode nine is going to dominate for yeah. two days because we know nothing. Yeah. So there's going to be so much to discuss. Uh, and, and in the movie affects the world outside of our Star Wars bubble. Mm-hmm. I think the Mandalorian being on Sunday gives it some room to breathe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the Mandalorian, by uh, their desires for it, uh, they want it to be outside of the Star Wars bubble of conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. They want it to... It's This is the first live action um, Star Wars and... This is the selling point for Disney Plus. Yeah. So I think they're going to try to blow people away with the information from the Mandalorian. So it uh, really escapes the Star Wars bubble and getting getting back to water cooler level talk. Uh, yeah, I think I guess I, I come down on the same side. I think Episode Nine still might be the leader. You know, it's because it's so big. What you said, everyone that once the trailer gets out to the public, everyone's going to be checking into it. But Mandalorian, especially if they show not just footage. They show an episode. I don't know. I don't know if I missed it. Are they hour long or half hour? I don't know. Yeah. But if they, they've done that before, but it was like Rebels and Clone Wars type mm. stuff, and that's 22 minutes, right? So I don't know if they're going to do that. But if you get 10 minutes of Mandalorian and yeah. people, I mean, take my money, Disney. Here's my Disney Plus subscription money. If it's a trailer that Favreau, mm. a storyteller, and the storyteller for this was involved in cutting, yeah. mm, could Oof. be really powerful. Get could ready. be good. Yeah. I think for those of us who are really in the Star Wars bubble, I think Clone Wars will also generate plenty of excitement, yeah. but I think yes. it'll be on a, a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just based on what 
Disney and Lucasfilm want us to talk about. Absolutely. Right. And as far as new movie, new show, I, you know, yeah, announcement could come. Uh, Joseph's Columbo announcement <laughs> could come. But I, I'm not look. I don't think any of us are, are thinking that's happening more than these big ones here. So great question. Alec, from Patreon, we'd like to take a couple of Patreon questions every week. And Dylan Cicero writes, there's been speculation about Palpatine making an appearance in episode nine. If he was to return, what form would you like to see? Sith holocron, force haunting, sentinel droid like in Battlefront 2, in the flesh. Oh. Uh, yes. Palpatine oh. back Good. in nine. Good. It's been floating around, <laughs> Joseph. It's been floating around. Some some of the rumors, if you if you play with it, makes a little sense. Like, all right, I can see that. Yep. But some don't. So uh, what do you think? I would put uh, even odds on Lobot or Palpatine yep. appearing. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's open season because it is the end of the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Palpatine arrives, I would like him to ri- arrive in some sort of force vision or some sort of force haunting so yeah. it's not a recording so it's something where he can uh wh- whether it is actually like a little bit of his spirit or even a ruse or just a character having a force vision and, and uh, imagining him mm-hmm. uh that he can be sort of reactive to what's going on in the story or taunt you know the person like what how great would it be if just kylo's you know touching vader's helmet and it has a vision and it's not it's not palpatine himself it's a vision vision and Palpatine is echoing Kylo's own fears about himself. About you are weak, Solo. Like that would be cool. I like that a oh, lot, man. Jen. I like that a lot. I love a, a force haunting. I want that to be its own uh, movie. <laughs> Star Wars <laughs> Episode Nine: The Haunting of Kylo Ren. Yeah, talk, that'd be a real horror film. Uh, and uh, you know, there's been a lot floating around with Palpatine returning and also Snoke returning. That he's alive. Mm. So I want them to come together <laughs> like Voltron. You want them to be make, stitched together. <laughs> make one giant evil force. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just Can picturing like uh, Snoke is now super tall because his two halves have been stitched <laughs> together and just Palpatine's in the middle. A whole Palpatine in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> the gold yeah. robe draped around The old them. Palpatine sandwich. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Sandwich, mm, chewy. <laughs> that's going to be at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Sandwich. Oh my gosh! Uh, wow, sorry. I, 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 you know, I believe to, I, I, his, I'm putting money down on his name being mentioned. We already yes. had that with Sidious. Yeah, uh, I'm putting good money down on some factoring in some way. But I, 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 I always would go to the recording. But what you said, Joseph, makes a ton of sense. Like I want, if if you're going to do that, much like with Yoda, I want it interactive. Mm-hmm. I want it to not just be. Here, oh, we found his uh, personal diary. <laughs> yeah. I went to then take on the unknown <laughs> regions and I met my friend Snoke. I don't yeah. want that. I'd love to have haunting, uh, vision, anything like that. Anything that you, if, if you're going to bring McDermott back and do do it. Taunting. That's what we want. Force taunting. Force taunting. <laughs> Force taunting. So that's a great question. A lot, a lot of people's mind, Dylan. Final one today is from Kai Thatch. Hey, Kai. Uh, Kai writes, uh, before you had to actually work there and had things that were required of you, what was your experience like at Celebration or any con? How did you prepare? What did they? What did you like to see slash do? Did you travel far, et cetera, mm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So... You guys, I, I, I will go on. I think you both have been in the con world longer than I hmm, yeah, think. I, know. I don't know. I don't know how long. Maybe. Uh, Joseph I, definitely takes the problem, cake here. Probably, probably, yeah, I just because yeah. I've been going to the the one in Minneapolis, Minneapolis. forever. And that, that was my first experience. Right. And that was 1999. You win. Wow. Yeah, my yeah. first real, I get, did some wrestling ones in like 2010, 2011. And then LA Comic Con, the second year in its existence, 
So 2012, 2013 okay. range. And yeah. then I only started going to the big ones because I was uh, being sent there or even times I had to pay my own way but had things to do there. But I, I can answer some of Kai's stuff. But we'll start with you, Joseph. Yeah. Going back to the dream of the 90s is alive. <laughs> yeah, I convergence. mean, for, for me, the convention experience has always been because I'm going there to do going something. To do something. Like, literally the first convergence, all my friends uh, were going, but I was like, ah, I didn't get a room. I wasn't sure about this. And I went there on a Saturday night to do a show. Uh, we did a sketch comedy show, including some Star Wars uh, comedy. Um, played Luke Skywalker wearing a hoodie. Uh, and then I just didn't want to leave. And I slept mm-hmm. on my friend's balcony with like a shirt yeah. as a pillow because like this is too awesome. I'm not leaving. <laughs> so for me, they've always been like I, I love them and I have my things that I do at conventions, but I rarely ever go to a convention just as a fan because mm-hmm. I like I like feeling like I am that I am engaging, that I am creating something, that I am you know being a part of this. Right. Uh, m- uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I know, I know what you're saying. I think it's because I am a performer and yeah. I have the gifts and curses of a performer. Of yep. <laughs> which we don't need to get into now. Many <laughs> psychology books out there, but I really like performing or presenting at a convention right. and then getting to go around and enjoy it as a fan, too. Yep. Well, that's an excellent point because I, I think you, you, we definitely do both. Like, there's yeah. those days where like, this is for me. I'm hitting the floor. Yeah. I'm hitting the floor and I'm not doing anything. And it, I'll, I'll t- I won't go into details. In t- 2017, Orlando, uh, when I was still employed by Collider, pissed off my bosses because I was like, no, I'm not doing, I'm not going to that panel. I'm going to go to the floor. Hmm. And it was like yeah. probably bad. I'm the bad employee. <laughs> but I was like, no, I need to have some enjoyment here. Jen? Yeah. Um, it's also all the celebrations I've, I've worked. Uh, but for um, Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, the first one I went to, um, I decided that I wanted to cosplay as the Death Star. I had never been to Comic-Con before. I didn't know if people were going to laugh at me. Um, it And I just was, I was really excited, but also really nervous. And so when I went, it was like, it was like, oh my gosh, these are my people. And people, people got my costume. But more importantly, I just saw so many like-minded people in one place. It was like, it was like, uh, and I've said this before, like Nirvana. It was like, for the first time in my life, I felt like, oh my gosh, there are people like me in this world <laughs> yeah. who, who love Star Wars. And Star Wars definitely had a presence there um, and obviously other other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was really, really exciting. And I just wanted to just take it all in. So I just kind of kept walking the floor. And I, I don't even remember if I went and saw any panels, but I just really wanted to just people watch. Yeah. That to me was the most fun. And then I just, I met up with some friends and not even intentionally half the time. It's like you run into them, yeah. you know, like, oh, hey, uh, let's meet up sometime, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think I didn't have any plans and that was one of the most fun experiences. Yeah. It, it's important to know too, like you, you're going to experience it different, whoever you are out there, depending on how far you travel, what you're doing, what you're seeing. Like I, when I'm not, if I didn't have to go to panels, I don't know how many I would go to other than big, big ones are fun, but I, I like people watching. I like going mm-hmm. to the floor this year. I want to try to find a Kenner Palpatine cause I, I, I lost mine years ago, you know, in that, in that infamous garage sale massacre. Um, so I like those kind of things. But if you're out there listening, I know a lot. We are, like our listener Lauren Romo uh, from the the last Jedi, the, the 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 last fan Star Wars fan group. She wrote, "This is her first convention ever." Oh wow! And it's like you got to pace yourself. You got to experience. I'll say my first San Diego Comic Con. Here here's my day. We drove up there. We checked in. We got our badges. We were shooting something with Fandango. I was holding the camera with Tiffany Smith and the, and the schmoes. People are coming up to us. And I'm like, "This is great." We went to a party. I met George R. R. Martin, Kit Harrington, uh, uh, Richard Madden, and Orlando Bloom. And I thought. What? This is the greatest thing ever. 
oh that has gosh. never happened again. <laughs> it is not how it works. It no. just was my first night happened to be, and we got into And don't follow anyone on Instagram and think, oh, I'm missing out if they're doing that. You're yeah. going to have your own fun experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I want to say about what I actually do at conventions, because I okay. think, you know, a lot of times the, the hype is the big stuff. You know, mm-hmm. meet, meet a famous person, get in that uh, big panel, get in exclusive, you know, be closer to the mm-hmm. action. And to me, it, it, the the greatest moments are just like the personal ones. Yes. They're just you, you go to if it's you know the floor for San Diego Comic Con, but for a lot of places, just like the merch area where mm-hmm. it's just you go and f- see all those figures or that weird Funko Pop and find the one that <laughs> that like that to me always reconnects to me. Like this is yeah. this is social, but it's also mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that that always goes back to my fan experience of like nothing will ever make me feel more like just I am a kid who loves Star Wars mm-hmm. inside of just going and picking out an action figure that I get at that convention and like Jen like where you were saying just you know hanging out at a central bar even if you're not or or, or even you know non liquor area mm-hmm. and people watching <laughs> talking to people yeah. and making it about the social experience making it about your personal fandom experience is much, if not far more than was I in the room for J.J. Yeah. Abrams. Absolutely. 100%, I echo that 100%. My, my biggest memories are 12.30 in the morning and a downtown street in San Diego laughing with two friends I've known for 10 years, not who I've run into, not who I've taken a picture with. You're absolutely right. Yeah. That's the final lesson. Listen to Joseph Kids. <laughs> Listen to Joseph. Kai, Dylan, Alec, Tony, thanks for the questions. We're going to go to our uh, relatively new segment, our second week here. It is the power of the light side, Joseph. Yeah, yeah. A few weeks in here to Power of the Light Side. Thanks for everybody who is responding. This week, our Power of the Light Side positive, thankful moment in Star Wars comes from Greg Robinson. Greg says, as a parent of a nine-year-old girl, Ray is a big deal in our house. My daughter adores her. What she means to millions of girls is important. As a father, I'm truly grateful that Star Wars has given the world such a strong, influential woman for younger fans to look up to. Here, here. Yeah, mm. I think that is a great message, and I, I have said it before that uh, I am older and a different gender than Ray, and I look up to Ray <laughs> as well. Not to take anything away from the importance, but I think just the, to me that character has has been done so well and is so relatable to. We all feel that way at different times of like, how do I fit in? Mm. You know, what's my power? How do I find a way forward? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My quick note on that is it, it, it celebration 2015. The movie hadn't come out yet. Everywhere you looked, you saw girls of all age uh, ages dressed up in this in this character, and and that that right there was to me the billboard of of why. And yeah. I, I love that. I love that memory. Yeah. yeah. 2015. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Greg. Uh, if you are just l- hearing this for the first time, Power of the Light Side is a new segment we're doing where we are asking patrons at a certain level on our Patreon to send us just a happy, thoughtful moment something that they love in star wars then we get to share it to increase the power of the light side power of the light side jen is your as your daughter reacted to ray more than leia she or? loves ray okay. she loves she thinks that she's a superhero because you know there's wonder woman mm-hmm. she, you know and so she now just says yeah and i say yeah she is she is a superhero <laughs> she has a lightsaber so she Absolutely. she loves ray Greg, thanks for that power of the light side. We're almost out of here. We like to tell you where you can find us uh, on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use a hashtag Force Center. Join the conversation. We have our Facebook page, Force Center Podcast. Our website, ForceCenterPod.Podomatic.net. On there, we have a mailing address if you want to send us something. We do have some fans to do that. Like John sent us some nice uh, prints that he got for us there. Yes. Uh, BB-8 for Thank Jen. You. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I got Darth Vader. Joseph. Yeah, I got a lovely Luke Skywalker. Love. It was great stuff. We appreciate that. That's on that website. Uh, we do have merch, tpublic.com slash use 
producer slash force center. Tweet us your picks and where we share them. Podcasts available wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, Google Play, and even on TuneIn. YouTube, we got that animated databank brawl. We still want you to check it out if you haven't, or spread the word, and more things coming on the YouTube channel. The In Memoriam's slight delay, why my editor, uh, uh, Kevin Smets, is uh, busy with the movie Trivia Showdown and his other <laughs> day job. So stand by. We got some cool ones coming up next for that. Um, and Patreon, Joseph, where new goals are coming soon. That is right. Uh, you can visit patreon.com slash force center if you want to help us out. Uh, a while back now, a couple weeks, we had some new goals, some new uh, rewards. And I should say, uh, as this is uh, being released, our poll for the next Star Wars movie that we're going to do commentary on uh, is going to be resolved. As we're recording, it's still a neck-and-neck battle between Attack of the Clones and A New Hope. A New Hope has, has a little a little edge right now, so I think A New Hope probably will be the next movie that we do a uh, movie commentary for, which is only possible because we reached that reward level or uh, that, uh, that goal level on yeah. Patreon. So thank you so much, everyone. Absolutely. We're almost out of here. Jen, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, <laughs> at Jennifer bloop, Landa. Bloop. <laughs> Bibbidi boopy. <laughs> Jennifer Landon, Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for uh, live shows, comedy albums, that book I wrote a million years ago, 2012. Feels like a million years ago. Uh, all of that is on josephscrimshaw.com. Uh, you can follow me at Cadnapsack. Cadnapsack.com is, is, is up and running. I'm working on it. Uh, Squarespace is confusing me, so I'm back in the old one for a little bit. <laughs> Uh, you can find out uh, information on things I'm doing, including live shows coming up, uh, and uh, buy the book, uh, pre-order the book, Why We Love Star Wars, on Amazon now. So that is it for this week. We appreciate you all. Let's go fight some wars in the stars. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.